Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. We have just one bit of news to report this week, and that from the Wilson Creek area of North Carolina's Pisgah National Forest, where the Schoolhouse Ridge Trail has reopened after work on the lower mile and a half of trail leading into the Mortimer Campground. The project, begun in January, resulted in the relocation of about a mile of trail and restoration of another half mile. Now, we're especially excited about hiking this new Schoolhouse Ridge which we haven't hiked since it, uh, since scouting it in 2006 for 100 classic hikes in North Carolina. It's hike number 68 on page 162, by the way. We included it as part of a 5.5-mile loop heading up Thorpe's Creek and returning via Schoolhouse Ridge. Now, frankly, the only reason we included the hike was because of the beauty along Thorpe's Creek. Schoolhouse Ridge Trail was deeply rutted and, toward the end, extremely steep, eschewing switchbacks as it tumbled down the mountain. That sounds like it's no longer the case, and we look forward to returning. The schoolhouse ridge work was done under the direction of the Pisgah National Forest Grandfather District with volunteers from the Northwest NC Mountain Bike Alliance and lead builder Chase Tribble with High Country Conservation. And that's the news for this week. So, official sunset tonight. 7.47, tonight being April 12th, 2022. We have twilight lasting until 8.12. From here on out, at least through the end of June, we gain about a minute a day. And at one point, uh, well, currently we have about 13 hours of daylight to work with. Come late June and the summer uh, solstice, sun will be setting for several days around 8.37, And we will have twilight until after 9 o'clock. So, lots of time to get out and explore. Lots of time to use that we have not had for the last four, five, six months. So, getting out, hiking midweek in the evening. It's a big thing with us. We hike year-round in the evening throughout the year, evening and tonight. Uh, And we do it for several reasons. So today we're going to talk a little bit about those reasons, but more we're going to talk about strategies um, and just some quick tips on how you can be an explorer after work, not worry too much about uh, when the sun's going to set and being prepared that if the sun does set and you're unprepared, you are prepared. And if you want to continue hiking into the dark, we will help you prepare for that as well. So anyway, so what is it about hiking in the evening into the night? So part of it is the sounds of the forest. Especially as the weather gets warmer, you'll find that more and more things will start to come out in the cool of the evening. And often that's birds. Um, You'll you'll find a lot more noises. You'll, You'll hear them. You'll hear the birds. The other things, you won't necessarily hear them 
the noise emanating from their mouths, but you will hear them creeping and crawling and walking around in the woods. So it's always fascinating to go out, especially as we get closer to sunset, and listen to the sound of the woods. There's also a certain intimacy that starts to settle in as the sun starts to set. There's a quiet, other than the sounds that are coming out of the woods, but it's a, it's a focused quiet, uh, in part because you won't find many other hikers out as you start to get near sunset. Most people, sunset, the dark in the woods, it still scares a lot of people. So not many people out on the trail, and this creates a little bit more intimate and personal setting. And it, in a way, it kind of suspends time. Um, it's just a wonderful time to be out. And of all the times of the year, of all the times to be out in the forest, springtime, I think, in uh, the late evening, is perhaps the most enchanting. So that is that is why we like to get out. So what will you need to become an accomplished and confident night explorer? So again, even if you're not planning to hike after dark, it can happen, especially if you plan to enjoy the best of the late evening. So what you want to do, you want to be sure you take a headlamp. All kinds of options out there. Uh, you can go to uh, gearlab.com and just do a quick search. They evaluate headlamps on a regular basis. There are all kinds, um, and you can get them fairly inexpensive. You can also pay a, a pretty penny for them, but you can find a pretty good headlamp for not much money. You should be able to spend uh, $20 for a headlamp that's not going to be too heavy. You can spend less, uh, and you'll get a good headlamp. It's just going to weigh a little bit up there. So, a good headlamp, you'll want extra batteries because, you know, batteries run out and it's a funny thing with headlamps, you tend not to notice they're running out until it's too late. Um, they do start to fade, but really it's once they've reached the, the end of fade that you start to notice that, um, that you're not getting much help from your headlamp. That said, you'll also want to bring a backup light and even just a small handheld flashlight, um, because if you do find yourself in need of um, changing batteries, the last place or the worst time to change batteries is is in the dark when you're fumbling around. You can't really tell which way the batteries go. Some of these headlamps can be a little tricky to get open and to get closed. So take an extra light to help you uh, for that task. Uh, take an extra light too, because sometimes you'll have somebody else w with you, and we'll get to that. Uh, and their light may go out, and they may not have extra batteries, so it's always good to have a backup. Also, like to take uh, an online map. So, people kind of dis uh, online maps, uh, but they're especially good at night and hiking in the evening because they will tell you exactly where you are. So, if you have strayed off the trail, and we'll get to that again, uh, we will, uh, if you have strayed off the trail, you can call up your online map and it will tell you whether you are on the trail or whether you have lost the trail and it will give you an idea of how to get back to the trail. So big fan of the online map, especially the kind um, where you don't have to have a cell signal, where you can navigate um, uh, just with a GPS signal to uh, show your location. Uh, I tend to use All Trails, which the All Trails Pro which lets you download maps and does let you go offline. It also 
you don't need to worry as much about um, about losing. Um, what was I going to say? You don't have to. Basically, you don't need to worry about losing cell signal because it doesn't operate on the cell signal. So, um, online map. And as always, anytime you set out, you'll want to take water and you'll want to take snacks. So, because again, you don't know what could happen. You could be out there, um, you could lose the trail, and it could be a while before you actually get back. So, be prepared with water and snacks. Okay, before a night hike or an evening hike, here are some things you should do. So, first of all, make sure you have all of the above, everything we just spoke about. And um, just double check, make sure everything's in your day pack before you head out. A key thing is make sure that you're hiking a trail that you've hiked in the daylight. Now, this may seem like it wouldn't make that much of a difference because it's dark, but it does make a big difference. If it's a trail that you're familiar with, even in the dark, you will remember certain things, certain things, uh, certain landmarks, even though. <clears throat> uh, it's dark and you're just using a headlamp, they can give you a point of reference that will let you know, um, will assure you that you're on the trail, but will also let you um, give you a sense of where you are, how far you have to go. So it's important to hike a trail that you've hiked in the daylight. Pack an extra layer. It does cool off in the evening. Um, it can cool off up to 10 degrees pretty quickly. So just pack an extra lightweight layer in case uh, you get that evening chill. Do not night hike alone. Take a partner. Go with a group. Groups are even better. Um, it's just there's that much more risk involved and two heads, if you think you may have lost the trail, uh, it's going to be good to have somebody to consult with. Um, and people tend to freak out a little bit if they're alone in the woods. Um, maybe this doesn't apply to you. But, you know, in general, you, should, you shouldn't hike alone, but especially at night, don't hike along. So make sure you've got a hiking buddy who, um, who will go with you. Check the hours for where you're headed. Now, we've talked about this before. Um, a lot of uh, state parks, for instance, right now have expanded their hours uh, in North Carolina. Most of them don't close until 8 o'clock right now. But when they close, they close. Uh, especially if it's a gated park, a gated access, they want to close that at the appointed hour. And what happens is if your car is still in the lot and you're not back and that hour rolls around, they will run a check on your license plate. They will check the number associated with it. If they can't figure out where you are, then the ranger will start walking down the trail. And if they still can't find you, then they will um, initiate a search. Which is a lot of work and causes a lot of um, anxiety. Um, so be sure to check the hours and uh, make sure that you get back in time. And part of the thing there is um, is, is just being cognizant of, of how fast you hike. And um, just to make sure that, uh, that you're all... Uh, all set and that uh, you have a good sense of how long it should take you to hike the trail. So when you get to the trailhead, so even though you've checked the hours online before you headed out, check, check them at the uh, trailhead because sometimes, sometimes websites don't get updated. Uh, the trail, the 
the hours, the closing time at the trailhead is the closing time that you need to be aware of. It's the one that's going to count. So just double check when you get to the trailhead. Uh, if there is a, um, a posted closing time, make sure that you're out by the posted closing time. You should also <clears throat> just check for any advisories for uh, trail closures, trail reroutes. If it's a trail that you're familiar with and you're expecting one thing and you get out there and maybe there's a bridge out or maybe there's some downfall that has caused a detour, uh, it's good to be aware of that. Again, double check to make sure you have a light and a backup light. Make sure you have your phone. So one of the good things about the phone is it also has, a, um, most of the smartphones have a flashlight. So that can serve as a third backup. But also, of course, it can serve as uh, a, a way to call out if uh, you get lost or you get into some kind of trouble. Maybe somebody in your group sprains an ankle. And remember that uh, all you, the only number you need to remember if you need emergency help out in the woods is 911. Park office uh, is likely going to be closed. You wouldn't call them anyway. Anytime you have trouble out on the trail and you have a, a cell signal, be sure to dial 911. And if you're hiking, if you're starting out and it's uh, there's still light, make sure that your headlamp is readily available. Um, you might as well just go ahead and strap it to your head. Uh, if not, if, if you're not crazy about that, stick it in a pocket in your shorts. Um, there's, uh, for one, you know right where it is, and you can put it on as soon as you need it. Sometimes you have to stop and scramble around in your pack. It's a little difficult sometimes. You get a little stressed. It can be difficult to find it. So just make sure that you have it at hand. Okay, once you're on the trail, <clears throat> be vigilant about the blazes. One thing you're going to notice quickly if you're hiking in the evening and in the night is that there aren't nearly as many blazes as there seem to be during the day. It seems like on a lot of trails... If you're hiking during the day, you can almost always look up and see a blaze. And that would be true too at night, except you can't see nearly as far. So in the daylight, you may have a straight stretch of trail and you could look 50 yards down the trail and you'd see the blaze. At night, you're not going to be able to see that far. Most of the headlamps, even the, the brightest, will give you maybe a good 50 to 75 feet of illumination, possibly more. But again, uh, you're not going to be able to see that far. So just be more co uh, cognizant of blazes. Keep an eye out for them. If you're walking along and you realize you haven't seen a blaze, uh, turn around and look for one behind you. So you may well still be on the trail. And if you turn around, you may be able to see a blaze behind you. Chances are if you do, and then you turn back around and continue ahead, you'll see a blaze within a minute or so. So uh, just be sure to keep an eye on those blazes. Keep your eye on the trail as well. Now, a lot of trails uh, in this area, especially at Falls Lake, for instance, the Mountains to Sea Trail, there is the main trail, and then there are neighborhood trails that go up to the neighborhoods. They serve as little feeder trails. And there are fishing trails that lead down to the lake. So you have these spurs that um, they can be a little bit deceptive. Uh, generally, if you take one of those by mistake, you're either going to wind up in uh, somebody's backyard or you're going to wind up at the lake before long. So you'll know that you've gone the wrong way and, and you need to retreat. So just uh, usually when you get an, to an intersection that's fairly significant, if you look in all three 
option directions, you should see a blaze. Um, they generally will, will post a blaze within easy eye shots so you do know where you're going. So uh, again, watch the trail. Listen to your feet. So most of the trails we hike have been hiked quite a bit. They get compacted. They don't make a lot of noise. But as soon as you get off the trail and you start getting into the leaf litter, you'll start hearing a bunch of crunching. So if, if you start hearing that crunching and if the ground starts to get softer, there's a good chance that you have left the trail. So stop, turn around, see if you can see the trail, see if you can see a blaze. Uh, retrace your steps and try to retain an area. Get back to that trail that's hard, compact, and free of leaves. Take the time to stop and listen and look around. So the listening, if you're hiking in a group, uh, you may need to call a timeout and just say, hey, for the next two or three minutes, let's just stand here and see what we can hear. Um, because generally... Any kind of noise is going to scare off whatever's out in the woods. But if you stop for a few minutes and just don't do anything and listen, uh, your odds of hearing what's going on in the woods are going to increase significantly. And also stop to take a look around. Um, especially if you get to a clearing, stop, turn off the lights, and just watch the night sky. Few things are better than being out in a meadow uh, at you know, 9 in the evening if it's pitch dark and um, on, a, oh, on a new moon, and you can see the stars. It's really a wonderful thing. So make sure you stop and do that. Flip the light off, the light's on your head. It's gonna be easy to turn back on, so don't worry about that. But do take the time to stop, look, and listen. Okay, this is especially important. Beware the gloaming. Now, that the gloaming is that roughly, I don't know, 10 minute period before the end of twilight. So it's after official sunset, it's closer to, to the end of twilight. And it's that period where the light is, um, there's just enough light that you can kind of see, but not that well. But it's also not dark enough that if you turn on your headlamp, it's gonna help. So this is a good period to slow down stop even. Maybe it's a good time to just, if you're in a clearing, to stop and watch the night sky. You can kind of see the evolution from um, daylight to nighttime. Uh, it, it's just, it's a hard 10-minute period to explore because you're in that netherworld of, um, of being able to see. So be aware of it. Um, also, resist the urge to light up prematurely. A lot of people tend to, well, not a lot of people, but some people tend to freak out and they will flip the light on at the first inkling of dark. And what happens is, one, if, it, if you turn it on too early, it's not going to help anyway. But the other thing is, <clears throat> once one person turns their light on, especially if it's somebody at the back, it's almost impossible for the people ahead to hike without their light on. So if you do feel compelled to turn on your, your headlamp early, and nobody else has, uh, either head to the front of the pack or drop to the back so that your light doesn't distract the other hikers. There's, there's a lot to be said for trying to, um, for hiking into the night. And just, it's kind of fun to see how long you can hike without having a light on and how well you can do when it's truly dark. So um, again, resist the urge to light up prematurely. 
And again, the gloaming is a great time to just take a break, check out the night sky, observe the forest. If you're hiking a trail that you're familiar with and you can plan it out that way, you can take a look and see what the sunrise uh, or the sunset situation is um, and plan to have your turnaround, if you're doing an out and back, have your turnaround occur in that 10-minute period. Okay, a few other things to remember. So most of your headlamps have a red light option, and, and if it doesn't, you, and you're looking for a headlamp, uh, look for one that does have the red light option. This is <clears throat> a light that you can stand and have a conversation with other people, and you're not blinding them. Um, the red lamp is, doesn't really cast enough light if you're in the front of the pack um, to serve as a good guide, but if you're mid-pack, um, and there are people ahead of you with, with or at least one person ahead of you with a, a white lamp on, um, it usually will suffice. But the red light option is, is good. Uh, it just tends to be a little less distracting. And again, uh, when you turn to talk to somebody, you're not going to blind them with your 300 lumen headlamp. Use, if, all, if at all possible, use scent-free insect repellent. We're starting to get into that time of year when the uh, flying and biting critters are coming out. I was on a, years ago, years and years ago, I was on a, a, a night hike, a guided night hike at West Point on the Eno Park in Durham. And uh, the goal of the hike, it was like a one mile hike. It started at uh, 9 p.m. And the goal was to go out and, and um, observe wildlife. And somebody showed up wearing Avon Skin So Soft. And the hike leader um, the hike leader said, I, I can't take you out there because that stuff, it's effective, but they smell it a mile away and we're not going to be able to see or hear anything. So, um, so keep that in mind. And also some of them, some of them can be a little strong and, and give your fellow hikers a headache. So do what you can to use a scent-free insect repellent. You should also stay within earshot of your fellow hikers if you're on a group hike. You don't want to lose anybody. Um, if your hiking group is like most hiking groups, there's generally one, two, three, four people who are a little more talkative than the others, and uh, you can hear them throughout the hike. So <clears throat> if you've got some of those people and can place them in the back, they, they serve as a bit of a caboose. You can always tell where the back of the pack is. Um, and, and you always want to be able to hear people in the back. You can't necessarily see them. You might think with a headlamp you could, but if you're rounding a lot of bends, uh, going up and down hills, sometimes you, you lose sight of their light, but not their voice. So stay within earshot of fellow hikers. Remember, too, that your night pace is going to be slower than your day pace. So if you hike a brisk three miles per hour, um, on a day hike, keep in mind you're going to be hiking slower than that, and that's going to be important because if you're trying to pick a trail, if you're starting at seven o'clock and you're picking a trail um, that's five miles, and you're used to doing it in say two hours, uh, it's going to take you a little longer than two hours to hike it, probably two two fifteen. Um, so it is going to take you longer and. Uh, if, you're, if your goal is to get back before the sun sets, then um, you'll just need to take that into consideration. 
And finally, <coughs> um, invest, invest. Get a Night Sky app. If you've got a smartphone, get one of the Night Sky apps that will help you identify um, the constellations, the stars. Some of them will identify the space station. Some identify satellites. Uh, it's just kind of a fun thing to have out there with you. And it helps you make sense of the night sky. So those are our tips and observations about night hiking. Uh, it, again, it's something that we do year round. It's something we've done year round for over a decade. And there are some great, great, great opportunities out there. We do in the Triangle, we do a regular Tuesday night um, hike, and I'll have a link to that in our show notes, and we will do that year-round. So, again, um, and also we'll have a link to a handout on that covers a lot of what we had, uh, what we talked about uh, on this show. So, <clears throat> that will be in our show notes. So, again, hiking, not just relegated to the weekend now, Get out in the afternoon, get out in the evening, and into night, and explore. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it, and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. To learn about everything we do and every place we go, go to getgoingnc.com and click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism, or perhaps a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore. Explore.